Notes from the Upper West Side, a novel by Dan Wrench. Chapter 77, Greek Lit 101. So why are you asking me about Vulvachow when you know already what I'm going to say? He asked. I don't know, I said. Is it because I happen to be the human who can hear you thinking out loud right now because I'm your sounding board du jour? I guess that's part of it, I said. But also, you know, you seem to crave cunt taste more than anyone else I know. That was his cue. He launched into this epic soliloquy cum rigmarole about the glory of the female genitalia and their place in the central pleasure of being human. Swear to God, la belle dame sans merci got in there somehow. Damned if I remember how or why, I just put it down to part muddiness. No schematics without flowers in the margin. And not just in the margin, but all over the drawing board, so you don't know which part is there because it needs to be in. Which part is there because he doesn't know how to stop his jaw once it starts moving. He talked for five minutes straight. But what he said? That can be summarized in two sentences. The smell and taste and texture of Major Minoritalia fills his head. It's earthy. The earthier the better, he said. Like right after the girl comes home from the gym. The taste of the juice... The silk of the lips, the key to a dream. But in reality, it's sweat and bodily secretions, I said. He made a face. But I don't mind bragging the sciences on my side of that particular estimate. See, I said... I think somehow at a young age you got that smell all mixed in with something else, something formative. He looked at me. Then, what do you mean by formative? You know what I mean, young, I said. It seems to me that when you were putting together ideas about sex, you were struck by the distinctive smells and tastes and you blew their importance all out of proportion. Maybe your first fuck was out in the woods or something. So this whole biological gooiness became pastoral for you. The Greek shepherd licking his sister's cunt before going off to burn the topless towers of Ilium. A Greek? Why would a Greek shepherd eat his own sister? Ancient Greece. A castle on an island with a couple dozen people. And off on the horizon, another island also with a castle. You can't travel from island to island every time you get a hard-on, so you make do. If you say so, he said, it's Greek History 101, or, or maybe Greek Lit 101. So if I crack open Homer right now, I'm going to find a Greek chick bucking off on a shepherd's face. Stop trying to change the subject. I'm saying everything with you is standing on a rampart somewhere, I said. Maybe that isn't scientific, but it's my opinion, an opinion based on fact. Maybe, 
he said. It's content ass meat in reality, but in your head it's a mound made of silk. Earthy silk. There was a long pause. He put his shades back on. Maybe, he said again and grinned, but it sure would come in handy right now if that was in your head, right? Yep, I said. Then out of nowhere, he said, You know, Cameron wouldn't want to fuck me. I was stunned. I stared at him. I couldn't speak. He just sat there and looked at me with this kind of grin on his face. I couldn't see his eyes through the shades, so I had no idea what the grin meant. I stayed all calm on the outside and said, She likes the daddy look. You have the pervert look. You're the perverted uncle who comes over swinging his dick. Oh my god. It was one of the mommies, Marcia somebody. She made sure one of her park pals was watching her kid before she stood up from the bench she was sitting on and stomped over to me. Could you? She smiled at me, a smile that tried to be disarming. Plaid dress, pretty, middle-aged. Must have had the kid when she was 35 or so. Could you please be careful, Paul? Shemble is already starting to bring whites home from the playground and I don't want to have to tell her that, you know, she has to cover her ears around you too. Sure, Marsha, I said. I'll keep my eye on my voice, if you know what I mean. She smiled at me and then smiled at Parp and then stomped back to her bench. Well... Parp said when she was gone. It has to be something. What Cameron sees in you, I mean. I hardly know her, but I guess there's something to that daddy thing. There are just certain things that are beyond my ability to imagine, and women wanting to fuck you for any reason is one of those things. It's a father figure thing, I said. But it's you. He said, she wants to fuck you. You have this disgusting gut and pale skin and little pygmy arms. Just the thought of touching you or even accidentally brushing up against you, I don't know. It must be a fetish. I kind of laughed even though I was thinking about the inevitability of one day strangling him with my bare hands. I looked over at Marsha. She was helping her kid, Shembla heft a big white backpack onto her little shoulders, and she never even glanced in our direction. Apparently when Parp says fuck, it doesn't register on the schoolmarm Richter scale. Well, you know, I said, I've been working out pretty hard and pounding down Greek yogurt with superfood. He looked in my direction for a few seconds, then turned away again. It hasn't taken yet, he said. There was this long pause while bugs buzzed and kids shrieked. Marsha and Shembla were trundling toward the path that leads out of the park. Sammy and pals were still bashing each other with the panache of the Jedi. So, I finally said, The all-night hard-ons, you're absolutely sure. Get it out of your head, he said. Notes from the Upper West Side is a work of fiction. The people depicted in this work do not exist. Notes 
From the Upper West Side, copyright 2020, by Dan Wrench.